Hey, what's going on? This is Joe Troman, and you're listening to Five Questions with Dan Shabell. You're listening to the Five Questions podcast, and I'm your host, Dan Shabell. In fewer than 10 minutes, my goal is to extract the best advice from the world's smartest and most interesting people by asking them just five questions. My guest today is musician, singer, and record producer Joe Troman. Joe is best known as the lead guitarist and backing vocalist of the two-time Grammy-nominated multi-platinum rock band Fall Out Boy. We talk about his new memoir, None of This Rocks, and how he's overcome his career and life challenges during this episode. Joe, welcome to Five Questions. Thanks for having me. What impact did your parents' mental and physical challenges have on the life and career decisions that you made? With my mother, I don't know, she put me in a situation where I felt put down all the time and I felt constantly that I needed to prove that I was better than she made me out to be, if that makes sense. And with my father, I think he was just so work-obsessed that I definitely picked that up, a bit of workaholism. So the combination of workaholism and needing to prove to everybody, but really everybody was just a representation of my mother that I could do the things that she thought I couldn't do. Yeah. I mean, those definitely are big drivers. You know, I feel like a lot of people I talked to were bullied or had a kind of a tough childhood, whether it's their parents, whether it's kids at school, whatever those people were in their life that gave them a hard time. Part of that is what led to their success because they needed to prove themselves and they developed a sense of work ethic either from that or from, in your case, one of your family members. And how were you able to overcome from struggles with depression and substance abuse while trying to lead a successful rock band? Depression got not a handle, but uh, at least sort of a window in how to deal with it from an early age because my father put me into therapy early on. So I got to experience therapy, the good, the bad, and overall I saw its benefits. So, you know, over the course of the past two decades or so, I've been going in and out of therapy. I'm very much in it right now, but I've, I've always seen the merits and that's kind of thanks to my father. As far as overcoming substance abuse... It's funny, I abused a lot of substances and I guess I had like times that were more addictive than others, but I always had a really strong mental fortitude. I think often when I would see other people's reactions to my addiction, it would really snap me out of it. I talk about it a little bit mm -hmm. in my book, how Scott Ian from Anthrax told me I looked basically disgusting after being <laughs> pill addicted for years. And I think that um, feedback from a peer or even really someone I really looked up to really snapped me out of it. I can get sick of feeling shitty after long enough, you know? I'm good at kind of recognizing that. Yeah, you've developed a sense of self-awareness. You know, I got a back surgery recently, and even though I've healed from it, it took me until like I allowed myself to feel really out of shape and really terrible to get back into working out again. So I have a kind of rock bottom that's maybe higher up than others. Yeah, if that absolutely. makes sense. Makes yeah, perfect I sense. And when was the pivotal point when you realized that Fall Out Boy would make it as a band? Well, here's the reality. Many bands can make it and then not make it afterwards. They can be the colloquial one-hit wonder, have a little bit of success, then fade back into some level of obscurity. The moment that I really was able to see the band wholly as a potential career, and I didn't look at it as a career at this point, but I, I was like, oh my God, I think this thing's going to work, was 2005 Warp Tour. We had just dropped the music video and the single for Sugar We're Going Down. Warped Tour had just started. We were playing to like, I'd say two to 3,000 people a show for the first three or four days. The entire turnout for each Warped Tour date was about 15,000 or so, maybe a little more. It's a big jump. It's a big jump. It went from like 
two or three days of two to 3,000 people watching us to the single dropping, the video dropping, and just overnight it hit and the entire park would watch Like a it. tidal wave. There's a tidal wave. You could just see the change instantly. And I was like, oh my God, I think the size of our band has changed. The expectations have changed. Now we have the opportunity to have a big career if we can keep it up and we've been able to. We've been all right. <laughs> yeah, it is. I, In my opinion, I think it's the hardest profession. It's the hardest profession to make it in. Is it the hardest profession overall? I don't know. I think a nurse, I think a lot of teachers have it pretty tough. Uh, But I mean, in terms of making it as a band, I feel like it's probably easier to make it as an actor. Now a word from our sponsor. Having trouble hiring, retaining, and developing your workforce? iSolved is here to help. iSolved People Cloud is a comprehensive human capital management solution that helps you employ, enable, and empower your workforce throughout the entire employment life cycle. From attracting and recruiting, to onboarding and compliance, from payroll and benefits to time and labor management, and from talent management to predictive people analytics. Transform your employee experience for a better today and a better tomorrow with iSolved. For more information, go to iSolvedHCM.com. You have a lot of different creative pursuits. As you said, you have this book, obviously the band and other things, plus you're a husband and a dad. So how do you make time for everything? For a while, I was trying to do everything at once. And I had the capacity until I broke. And it happened around the time of that back surgery. I was doing writing the book. I was developing a couple of TV shows. I was trying to do some follow-up boy stuff, nothing crazy, but some follow-up boy stuff while being a dad, while being a husband, while recovering from back surgery. Too much stuff. Uh, Yeah, and you can't clone yourself. You can't clone yourself. (laughs) So I think now what I have to do is I have to really organize my weeks. I have to try my best to really focus on one project at a time, though it's impossible once you've gotten a bunch going, which is, I'm very, again, grateful to have all this stuff going, but I have to- And that's typical, right? In the creative world, you're doing multiple things at once. You have to, because you never know what's going to work, what's going to hit, what's going to go. So you have to put a lot of fishing poles in the pond and see which catch fish. Now, especially, and this is something my psychiatrist really hammered in. She's like, you got to just focus on one project at a time. She doesn't understand fully the creative world and that you can't totally do that. But I am trying my best. I've even had to make like a chart. I've had to really organize and say, and, and, and be able to look at, I have this project, this project, this project. This is what is most important right now. The most real. Prioritization. Going on. Yeah. And I have to prioritize and then uh, everything else can wait, you know, and I sometimes have to tell people, I hate telling people, no, I don't have time for you. I had to start to learn to do that and not say I don't have time for you, but I don't have time for you this week. I can make time for you next week. And then I end my days. I'm pretty hard about ending my days at five, having dinner time. with my kids and, you know, catching up on their day and seeing how school was and just switching to dad mode. Absolutely. And what's your best piece of career advice? Embrace failure. My riff on failure is this. Because I've been told no my whole life, I think you have to be able to not listen to the people who are telling you no and continue to believe in your idea that it could actually be good. It might start out like shit, but you can make an idea great as you continue to edit it and build on it. And you just got to believe it's worth something to the world because people will tell you no matter how good you are. And they've done this to everyone. You can read historically about everybody from probably Shakespeare to Spielberg, you know, they've all probably been told no. I've never interviewed someone and it's been about 3000 interviews that hasn't been told no, ever. Well, 
Yeah, I get told no. I still get told no. I think I get told no at least 50 times a week. I get told no all the time. I've gotten told no today, and I'm not letting that stop me. I see it as failing is falling down flat on your face, smashing your nose, and deciding, am I going to cry on the ground, or am I going to get back up and keep on walking forward so I can get to my destination? And it's not always about you. It could be about them, or it could be about timing. Yeah, exactly. Sometimes your idea is just not ready. Put it back on the shelf. You bring it back out. I mean, whatever it is, just just because some people and even people in important positions told you your thing isn't good enough, sometimes they just don't know. And there's so many stories of those people just maybe publishing it online and it getting traction. And then they come back to that person. Totally. You never know. And now there, like you said, there are avenues to do that. I think the ability to, whether it is to release music or writing or movies Whatever it is, it's been democratized by the internet. So there is a way to get following and a fan base and some heat that you may not get in the traditional manner. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom, Joe. To follow his journey, you can read his memoir, None of This Rocks, and find him on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where he shares his music, family, appearances, and memories. To watch the full extended video version of this episode, go to youtube.com slash Bell. And please remember to rate and review the 5 Questions podcast on iTunes. 